From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. You're with Brian McLean and Steve Hook and State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, welcome to State of the Nation. Steve Hook with you and uh, on the Jersey Shore. My man, Brian Hesh McLean, Hesher McLean out in Central Texas. Hesher, good to see you again, brother. And Likewise. Big, yeah, man, we've got a huge show today. We really do. And I'm excited about it because I don't know if it's just me, but it seems that news is breaking at an ever quicker pace. Maybe that's by design, so we kind of lose sight of it through all the minutia. But some pretty big things are going on right now. We're going to be talking about some of them. I wanted to discuss right out of the gate, Asher, because uh, this is kind of interesting. Apparently, the Biden administration is trying to basically federalize partisanship, and some GOP senators are having none of it. I'm reading from FoxNews.com. Top GOP, top Republican senators are pushing the Biden administration for answers on its Voter mobilization efforts after lawmakers say they've been stonewalled for over six months on this topic. Now you say, what's this all about? Well, in a letter sent Tuesday, uh, that would be today, Bill Haggerty, uh, Senator Tennessee, and co-signed by top leadership, including none other than the turtle himself. Yes, Mitch McConnell has deigned to come out of his shell and even address this. 23 senators have admonished President Biden for his administration's failure to respond to their inquiries about Executive Order 14019 on, quote, promoting access to voting, unquote. Now, basically, this policy directs a uh, directive merits congressional oversight, both as a general matter and under the Anti-Deficiency Act, the lawmakers wrote in this letter. Uh, the order outlines various activities with which the agencies are to engage, including promoting mail-in voting and partnering with third-party organizations, NGOs, if you will, to register voters. And, Asher, this uh, smacks an awful lot of taking government agencies and saying, your job going forward between now and next November is to get President Biden reelected, and we want you to do it with all the gusto you can possibly muster. And now GOP senators are saying, wait a god dang minute. Uh, what do you think about this, man? Does it uh, shock well you? <laughs> no, uh, no, this is actually sort of the kind of thing that I think is um, a bit of a disclosure. You know what I mean? Like we get slow drip disclosure a lot lately. And um, I saw someone today talking about a new term to me, which is catastrophic disclosure. So I think what we're seeing is the non-catastrophic disclosure, just letting the citizenry know that we are no longer a republic by and for the people. Uh, the lawmakers here argue that federal agencies should be focused on their defined missions in a nonpartisan manner, not using taxpayer funds for voter mobilization efforts with potentially partisan impacts. What do you mean potentially? Uh, we could probably <laughs> remove, we could strike that word from uh, from their words there. Um, also, this is this based on Executive Order 14019, uh, which directs more than 600 federal agencies to engage in voter-related activities without congressional approval. And, quote, it's doubtful that Congress has approved the use of appropriated agency funds for voter mobilization. And, you know, uh, this, this again, they're playing the race card here, Steve. This, this issue ordered uh, March 7, 2021, claims that, quote, Many Americans, especially people of color, confront significant obstacles 
to exercising the fundamental right to vote. Now, that's something that's going to come up later in the program with regards to Major League Baseball. I'll just preview that right now. Uh, But we know that this is a bogus talking point. Well, and you know, you know what it is, and you bring up the race angle. Not only is it a bogus talking point and an obvious effort to get federal agencies involved in, yes, getting Biden elected, but let's be honest, stopping Trump. That's what this is all about. That's what this whole charade has been about. From the trials in D.C. to the trials in Manhattan to the trial in Fulton County, it's all about stopping Trump. And then they try and throw the race card on it, which is funny because that leads me to my next story. You know, things are going bad for the Biden administration when Black Lives Matter all of a sudden stands up and says the Democrats are racist and we're throwing our support to Donald Trump. Wait a minute. What? (laughs) Um, Now, listen, this story is, is, is it sounds silly, especially if you know the history of Black Lives Matter. But it it comes as no shock that Black Lives Matter is not the most uh, well-organized group. Uh, it seems like the, they thought of the slogan before they really kind of planned out the whole mission statement. That's why you've got the the founders, Patrice Coolers, all of them self-avowed Marxist. And then you've got other Black Lives um, uh, leaders, Black Lives Matter leaders, including Mark Fisher, who co-founded Black Lives Matter of Rhode Island. He's not down with the whole Marxist thing. He's not about any of that. So it, It almost probably would have behooved him to come up with a different name, but he used Black Lives Matter. And Mark Fisher, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, Rhode Island, has endorsed former President Donald Trump for the 2024 presidential election. And here's what he says. He goes, it's the duplicity of the Democrats, the hypocrisy. We're not stupid. The brothers are not stupid. We understand when someone's for us and when someone is not. And it's obvious the Democratic Party is not for us. Took him a while to figure this out, but he's figured it out. And then he says, we've been abused and uh, we've been used and abused for so long by that party. They don't value our vote. Their policies are basically racist policies. I believe it's a racist party. Donald Trump is just the opposite. He's going to tell you how it is. He's going to give it to you straight. And he went on to say that Trump has done more for the black community than any president I can think of in my lifetime. And Biden has done nothing. And he points to the nuclear family and the breakdown of the black nuclear family uh, in in urban settings, which, of course, is completely opposite from Black Lives Matter National because they're Marxist. They don't believe in the nuclear family either. But this guy, Mark Fisher, man, (laughs) if you're inside the Biden administration or, or the DNC in general, You've got to be running scared from news like this. I love this. I absolutely love this. Uh, we need more of this. Uh, <laughs> and I'm no, you know, uh, if you've been watching and listening to myself and Steve and others here for any amount of time, you know, we're not uh, anything but against what BLM has done for the most part. I mean, the sentiment is fine but it being used as a sock puppet for intelligence agencies and media to do exactly what that man just said uh, and to steal money from the donors. Uh, Patrice Cullors stealing. The only thing I would disagree with that you said there, Steve, is that uh, you said they didn't have a plan. Well, I think Patrice Cullors had a plan. She had a plan to get her brother a, you know, $80,000 a month job like he's Hunter Biden or something like that. Uh, she had plans to buy five mansions, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah. did any of those mil- tens of hundreds of millions of dollars go back into black communities? 
we're not seeing no. it and neither are African Americans. And you know what I think it is? I think that, like I said, Black Lives Matter was an organization started by Patrice Coolers and and other self-avowed Marxists. They were in it only for them. The, the, the whole BLM thing blew up so quickly. A lot of people realized money to be made here. They certainly did. But some people bought into it for all the right reasons, quote unquote. I think Mark Fisher is probably an example of that. Because when he started defending the nuclear family and keeping families together, that is the exact opposite of what BLM National ever stood for. So, like I said, maybe he should have thought of another name, but there you go. Anyway, interesting stuff. Tough days for the Biden administration and the Democrats, I would I would imagine. Hey, by the way, did you know there's many ways you can listen to TNT radio? Of course, you can stream us direct from our website, right on your desktop, tablet, your mobile phone, whatever. You can also download our app from the App Store, and we even stream live on YouTube, Rumble, and even Odyssey. And we've always got you covered, as you well know, right here on TNT radio. Your voice heard here. The government needs to step up and do its job. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, well, it's uh, time to bring our friend Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus, into the mix here. House Republicans have launched a website to provide information to the public on the impeachment query into the business dealings of President Joe Biden. I like this. Here with the story, joining us, TNT Radio News producer, the aforementioned Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Well, Ruckus, uh, things are heating up all over the place, and uh, this is just another example. What's What's the story? It's a uh, it's being called a quote unquote one stop shop for all things related to this impeachment inquiry. Um, this is different. I don't think we've ever seen websites being built for the impeachments of presidents. But hey, it is 2023. Um, this is so, according to Fox News, that the American people can, quote, see the clear corruption that Joe Biden and his family have committed End quote. Very nice. Uh, the website, um, I'll probably drop a link to the live TNT chat, uh, but it's GOP.gov forward slash Biden impeachment inquiry. It's a mouthful. That's the website. Uh, and it will highlight the work of the committees leading the effort to remove the sitting resident in chief, the House Committees on Oversight, Judiciary and Ways and Means, and will include summaries of their findings to date, along with supporting, quote unquote, key evidence. And I have heard both um, House Republican Conference Chair Representative Elise Stepanek, as well as reporting about this, refer to the website as a one stop shop for Americans. Interesting. Uh, but here's what the aforementioned Stepanek said. She's a Republican from Democrat, uh, from Republican from New York. Speaking to Fox News Digital, she says, quote, House Republicans investigations have uncovered what I believe will be the greatest political corruption scandal of my lifetime. House Republicans will continue to follow the facts and uncover evidence of vast corruption committed by Joe Biden and his family. Here are the facts. Joe Biden directly financially benefited from his family's, excuse me, corrupt influence peddling scheme. Say that three times fast. The Biden family repeatedly attempted to sell access to Joe Biden to the highest bidder, including our foreign adversaries. Joe Biden has repeatedly lied to the American people about his involvement and knowledge of his family's corrupt influence peddling scheme. Today, House Republicans are unveiling a website for the American people to provide them with transparency and allow them to see 
see the clear corruption that Joe Biden and his family have committed. End quote. Uh, the website's kind of neat. Uh, they've got all sorts of sections. They have an interactive timeline, uh, courtesy of the House Oversight Committee. Uh, of the Biden family's alleged influence peddling dating back to President Biden's time as vice president during the Obama administration. That timeline includes a breakdown of business dealings with China-linked companies, Kazakhstan, Romania, Russia, Ukraine, etc. Uh, there's also a feature dedicated to the federal criminal investigation into the first son, Hunter Biden. Uh, and there's even a photos section uh, where, no, you're not going to see the pictures off of the laptop, thank God. But uh, you can see the, the photos of the president with his son's business associates like Devin Archer and more, as well as pictures of the checks that were written to Joe Biden. So, yeah, uh, you can get your hands on all of it. Uh, I encourage the people to do so because I think this is unprecedented. Um, but what do you guys think? <laughs> I just every time I hear these stories, I have to chuckle. Why do you think the Republicans are doing this? They're doing this because the mainstream media is never going to show this stuff. Um, you're not going to find it on a, uh, uh, you know, on on an open, you know, like like a, 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 a Facebook room or something that's just sponsored. They're having to do it. And you're right. It's 2023. What else would we expect? Um, I just wonder what well, my big question, Hesher, is. Is this going to get covered by the media, by the mainstream media, us, obviously, but by uh, corporate media? Are they going to go near this info? Uh, it's a really good question. I would wager that uh, if they're forced to address it just because of like the SEO traffic and if it gets enough steam, uh, they'll probably address it and they'll probably tear it down. Uh, they'll go through it photo by photo, fact by fact, and talk about how they're not um, held up by any evidence, which would go back to our talk yesterday about how Hunter's lawyers are trying to make it such that he only has a House floor committee hearing rather than a closed door one, which would put all this stuff on record. So yeah, it's a clever tactic. I'm curious, will the GOP be tweeting it and sharing it on their social medias in full force in lockstep the way the Democrats would if uh, they did this? And the reason Democrats don't have to do stuff like this is because they have the weight of the New York Times, the Washington Post, MSNBC, BBC. You know, I could go on. Fox, in many ways, is uh, completely restrained from really focusing on this the way that they would if they were actually a conservative outlet. So uh, will it be lockstep uh, shared by all of our GOP members is one question I have. And the other question I have is, how far will they go? What will be held back? Ruckus already kind of intimated that we may not be seeing contents of Hunter's laptop on there, like it or not, but uh, maybe it should be there. So yeah, a lot of questions and a clever tactic indeed. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you about the thing is those Hunter Biden pictures. If you want to see them, you can find them. And they're uh, yeah. <laughs> they kind of tell a story in and of themselves. And of course, the way that's going to be played is well, you know, Hunter was an addict, and we all know an addict in our lives. Maybe someone in your own family has been through this uh, this experience. It's not nothing worth laughing about. We should all pity the man and and congratulate him on turning his life around. And blah 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 blah. But yeah. uh, meanwhile, the the sort of details notwithstanding, it's the emails about money. It's the emails about twenty one LLCs. It's James Biden. It's the niece. Hell, it's Dr. Jill herself 
Uh, there's all kinds of uh, info. And I agree with you completely, Hesher, that the Republicans had better march in lockstep on this. I don't give a damn if you can't stand Donald Trump. Uh, if you're not willing to sort out the grifter in charge right now, uh, you've got absolutely no business talking about anything that Trump may or may not have done. Um, so and that's why uh, Elise Stefanik is doing it. Um, and all these other Republicans are jumping on board. And that in light with what I just talked about, the 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 GOP senators saying, hey, wait a minute, what are you trying to do? Federalize this election? I don't know, man. Things aren't looking good for Team Biden, I don't think. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad and getting worse. <laughs> anyway, you're listening State of the Nation. As we mentioned, we've got a huge show. Uh, coming up on the other side of it, we're going to welcome our, our first guest. Dustin Olson will be here. He's a pollster from American Pulse Research and Polling. And uh, we'll look forward to that and seeing you on the other side of State of the Nation on TNT Radio. You should hear what George Eliason is talking about. Donald Trump's wolves. Now, we've talked about the Colorado case, the 14th Amendment case, and the judge has denied uh, the motion to dismiss. Now, if you don't remember, the suit cites the 14th Amendment clause banning those who participate or assist in the insurrection from taking office. And they're making this legal argument based on Trump's actions before and on January 6th. And when they claim that thousands of his supporters were creating an act of sedition at the Capitol. During January 6th, um, Trump actually offered to call the National Guard in. He told the protesters to keep things peaceful. And this is all public knowledge. This isn't a political action. They're trying to control once again who can run for the office of president and who cannot. War of the Worlds with George Eliason on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. tntradio.live. That's right. And if you're out there listening to that audio stream at our website, tntradio.live, don't forget to go to the video streaming platforms as well. We're on YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, and more now on full HD video. So uh, reading from the one of the latest from our next guest here, Dustin Olson, joining us momentarily. You get the impression a large majority of the American people think Joe Biden lit a dumpster fire on his way into the Oval Office. At least that's the biggest takeaway from the most recent American Pulse survey of likely voters, which identifies growing concerns regarding the global crisis. Uh, here to help us break this down is Dustin Olson. Uh, pollster, American Pulse Research, uh, of course, polling and host of the Political Trade Secrets podcast. Dustin, it's great to see you. Thank you for rejoining us here on TNT. What's the latest with regards to polls? We've been talking about Joe Biden and just the uh, I mean, you, you you probably use the best word there. Dumpster fire. Uh, <laughs> it's it's really dumpstery right now. And that's the take that I see that the American people have. And it's great to be with you both. And uh, thank you for having me on again. Yeah. So we, we after the uh, the horrific tax attack on Israel, we decided to do more of a survey on national security issues, on all the crises in the world. And one of the biggest takeaways I had was that 
Americans really do feel like there is a, um, a, a, a world that's unsettled at this point. So we asked in that, in that survey, you know, what people thought about the world and 50, almost 56% said that they believe that the world is more dangerous today than when Joe Biden took office. And it's a significant plurality when you look at people who strongly feel that way, it's in the high 40s. So this is a real problem. One thing that's also interested, and I think your listeners and, and viewers are not going to be surprised by this. We asked you know, what people thought about Joe Biden when it came to certain issues. The economy, it's in the the mid to low 50s as far as um, disapproval for him on the economy. But when we looked at border security, 65% of Americans uh, grade him harshly when it comes to that. And it is a um, significant majority of independents as well. So when it comes to national security, people are, are concerned about it. Additionally, on national security, we ask people, do you think that because of our broken border, do you think that that could have an impact with China, with terrorist organizations, with the drug cartels and opioids and fentanyl and everything else? Do you think that our enemies are exploiting that? And the majority of Americans believe that to be the case. So we got into all sorts of different issues. We got into anti-Semitism on college campuses. I mean, all sorts of stuff. So whatever you guys want to talk about, we probably asked about it in this this uh, poll. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Dustin, uh, thanks for joining us. Steve Hook here. Um, I, I, just as an aside, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, it was all over Twitter yesterday. I mean, as if things couldn't get bad enough for, for Joe Biden and Democrats. Yesterday, the White House Christmas tree blew down. So, I mean, all the, <laughs> yeah, all the signs are pointing to dumpster fire uh, and throw in the fallen tree. And then, boy, it's really going to be, a, a, a conf- you know, just a massive fire there. But I wonder, Dustin, when we talk about foreign policy, and obviously we've been uh, the, the never-ending, almost staged war in Ukraine that doesn't uh, doesn't seem like it's being uh, fought to win so much as it's being fought to continue. Um, yeah. And then we see what's going on in the Middle East, and let's not forget what's happening with China and the and the South Pacific, Indo Pacific. Um, didn't this all start? Uh, in Afghanistan with that absolute embarrassing, uh, horrific withdrawal from uh, from uh, from Bagram. Yeah, so that's a that's a great point. So we've been asking this in surveys for the last few months. Do people view the fall of Afghanistan and just how poorly all of that went? Do they see that as having a direct impact on Ukraine and that perception of weakness? Did that, you know, did Russia take advantage of that and then use that as reason to invade Ukraine? And then additionally, with what we've seen in Israel, is this weakness that we're seeing on the world stage, is that having an impact? And and Americans say that that is, that's actually the case. They believe that um, that is directly connected. And of course, when you talk to Republicans, it's about 90% who believe that. But additionally, independents believe that as well. So what I see in the surveys is that Republicans and independents um, generally have agreement on most issues. But when it comes to border security, there's actually agreement across parties. Um, a majority of Democrats also believe that the, the border is a problem and would like to see it be secured. Uh, interesting, in the last month, we've had the conversation about the 
the bill to to help fund some of these efforts. And Americans definitely prefer these things to be voted on separately. That's very clear. And that's an overwhelmingly um, the case, regardless of your party. But when we ask the different things that Biden had in his in his proposal, whether it was Israel, whether it was Ukraine, whether it's Taiwan or is the border, uh, all Americans agree that the border is the first thing that we need to work on to actually secure as far as national security concerns. And then after that is Israel, which Republicans, independents um, and Democrats are all very supportive of Israel. And then Ukraine becomes a little bit more partisan, uh, less supportive by, by Republicans, much more so by Democrats, um, though it is supported by Republicans. And then Taiwan is a lot less, which is surprising. Uh, it's probably because it's not getting a lot of uh, conversation right now uh, in, you know, in most media. Um, but really, the border is something that everybody agrees on. And I would say overall, while the country is pretty well evenly divided on the presidential question, we had uh, President Trump with a almost two point um, margin over Joe Biden, which we consider that to be statistically even. But even when we had RFK Jr. in the mix, it actually was about 1% as well as the lead for, for Trump. So it really doesn't seem like it has much of, a, of an impact. So the country's divided politically. However, when it comes to these big issues, I think most Americans um, actually do agree on it. One other interesting um, issue that I, I was actually quite fascinated by is we decided to ask people, do you think the $33 trillion debt has an impact on your monthly bills? And most Americans said, yes, they believe like 57, 58% said that they believe that, that the growing debt is actually impacting interest rates, which is impacting um, mortgages, is impacting credit card debt and things like that. So people actually are making that connection, which I, you know, I used to think that, that people didn't realize that that had an impact on their day-to-day -day lives, but people are starting to make those connections. Yeah, I think so. People are starting to get smarter, you know, and a lot of people had a lot of time to sit home and do research on the internet back in 2020 and 2021. And a lot <laughs> of people uh, were compelled to uh, educate themselves in the wake of 2020 and 2021 because yep. they experienced extreme hardship or austerity or loss of family and friends due to politics. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. Um, but, you know, you mentioned uh, national security with regards to the border and that debt, that massive debt, which we could just, you know, probably roll up into the economy. And we've got a headline inbound here. But on the other side of the headline, I want to get your take on uh, what you think the open goals are for GOP uh, political platforming going forward, because those yeah. two that you just mentioned right there uh, are sort of bipartisan. They're across the aisle. Everybody feels that. So uh, it seems to me those would be open goals for GOP political platforms. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to get your take on that right after this headline with today's News Talk TNT Radio. All right, let's get this underway. For our first order of business, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Negotiators are pushing Israel and Hamas to extend their current ceasefire beyond the fourth and final day originally agreed upon on Monday. The French government has issued a plea against vigilantism in the wake of the slaying of a teenager in rural France by a group reported to have shouted stab white people. Two Chinese fighter jets were monitored orbiting a Philippine aircraft participating in patrols with Australia in the South China Sea, but did not cause any untoward incident, Manila said on Sunday. 
Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT Radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT Radio. We're with the host of Political Trade Secrets. Great podcast. Definitely want to get on that one and follow Dustin on x.com at Dustin Olson. That's Dustin with an I. Now, Dustin, what do you think about this moving forward as, uh, you know, this is great data that you're collecting here. um, And thank you for bringing it to us. Uh, We're not surprised to see some of these numbers, but as far as how this can be leveraged by uh, GOP candidates and people working, uh, you know, for maybe their local politicians, how can these things uh, be leveraged? Do you have any advice for people uh, that, you know, are, are doing these sort of activities right now? Yeah, well, first, if people want to actually get the survey and download it for themselves and read through all this, I actually recommend anybody who's a candidate out there running for office that you download the survey and use it because there's a lot of good stuff in here that you can use for your messaging and issues. So I recommend you go to pollingclub.com. That's pollingclub.com and you can download the survey. Also, you can give us suggestions for other questions to ask um, for the American Pulse surveys. Um, but I think that that really, if you, if you look through these, this is a really good survey for national security issues and seeing where people are testing different um, messages as far as that goes. And also, I would just say that if you're a candidate in the United States running anywhere in the country, that border security is something that you can talk about. We actually asked one of the questions we asked was, um, as I mentioned in the last um, uh, segment, that we asked about people's concern that our foreign adversaries are going to use this broken border. And that's, by the way, I would recommend you talk about it being Biden's broken border. That's what that's what I call it. And I think that's a good way to describe it because it was generally pretty secure just four years ago. And it took a matter of months to break it. And it seemed almost intentional. And I think Republicans, Democrats, uh, unaffiliated voters all can see that this is a real problem and it has an impact on folks. So I would say taking up the border issue is something that people can do and have success, Uh, as well as one of the things that I see in the survey is that currently Joe Biden's popularity, his approval numbers track his economic numbers. So he's generally actually I'll just give it to you directly. Um, His. uh, 52.6% disapproval on his job performance tracks his 53.5% disapproval on the economy. So I think if you're talking about the grocery store, you're talking about the gas pump, if you're focusing on any of the issues that are are impacting people's uh, budgets, their monthly budgets, that that's going to be a winning message for anybody running for office, regardless of the party that you're in, uh, because that seems to be tracking. Now, to the point about Ukraine and Israel, that actually happens to be where Joe Biden has the highest, um, it's not majority, it's plurality support uh, for those two issues. Um, so he's about 46, 47% on that. And I would actually suggest that those are probably about as good as they're going to get for him. If we continue to have protracted warfare for the next year, that he's going to start to see those sink and you're going to see his disapproval increase because of the border issue because of the economic issue and you're going to start to see his overall approval continue to fall and i will say that uh, while there's been so much negative press against president trump for years that he and joe biden actually have the same level of um 
of unfavorables. We, we ask people, do you have a favorable impression or do you have an unfavorable impression? How strongly do you have it of either one? That they actually are, they mirror each other as far as their, um, the unfavorable numbers for each of them. However, what's different between the two of them and why we're seeing, I think, Donald Trump do better than Joe Biden in a lot of polls is that he has a much higher, very favorable. So it's very clear that he has people who really like him that are willing to stick through everything with him. And that is uh, making a difference. One other issue I would say that we we asked in this survey that is, um, I don't think it's probably surprising to this audience, but we asked people, do you think there's a uh, a double standard in the legal and justice system. We've asked this in different states. This is the first time we've asked it nationally to all voters. And 80.2% of all voters believe that there is a double standard. And that is majorities in every different kind of political demographic. Um, so this is this is something that I think a lot of the stuff that's being leveled towards different candidates, not just um, Donald Trump. We actually did a survey for the West Virginia Republican primary for U.S. Senate last week that we released that people can get on our website as well. And it found that Governor Jim Justice is overwhelmingly winning the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate with Joe Manchin stepping aside. It looks like that's going to change the U.S. Senate map and that Joe, that uh, that the governor there is going to likely become the next senator. And he has legal issues in that state. A lot of people don't know this nationally, but there are, there are lots of lawsuits against him for unpaid bills and whatnot. And 26% of Republican primary voters said it was much more likely that they would vote for him because of those legal issues. So people have lost trust in the, the legal system and it's having an impact in, in multiple races. Wow. Well, I got to say, I, I, you know, you mentioned the, the the numbers, the unfavorable numbers of 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 Trump and Biden being very close. But I think the caveat that you threw in there is really telling. And that is that Trump has a base. Mm -hmm. Biden has a base that's barely hanging on by its fingernails. And if you even question anybody that is still a Biden supporter, they kind of roll their eyes and just kind of want to dismiss the conversation. In other words, Joe Biden has kind of become an anchor around the neck of the DNC, from what I can tell. I don't know why they didn't pick up on this before. I'm talking about the Democrats. But Trump does have support. And I think that these lawsuits, as we've been talking about, it's like anti-kryptonite for Trump. It actually yeah. works to his favor. Uh, it's it's very odd in that way. Uh, but I tend to agree with you, Dustin. How can things get better? It's not like he's going to all of a sudden cognitively get better. It's mm -hmm. not like he's going to stop tripping and stumbling and fumbling and, you know, his staff members freaking out every time he goes to an open mic. I mean, that guy's on a hot mic and you you know that everyone, we said it yesterday, their butt cheeks clinch up and they're like, oh my God, please don't say anything stupid knowing that he probably will. One of the yeah. numbers in your report that really got me was it was uh, concerning the uh, the Abraham Accords. You yeah. say, furthermore, Trump's foreign policy wins are recognized with 67.3% approving of the Abraham Accords yeah. uh, and critical kitchen table issues. Now, God forbid something happens in that southern border, but if we see some kind of terrorist attack from people that cross that southern border, I, I all bets are off for Democrats, I would say, across the board, starting with Biden. But it goes down ticket as well, doesn't it? Yeah. So you bring up a, a great point that the issue mix is definitely fits Donald Trump more than it does Joe Biden. 
the secure the border security, um, when it comes to Israel, when it comes to the economy. It, there's so many issues that work really well for Donald Trump over Joe Biden. Additionally, one of the things I think is the most interesting thing that's happened in the last few months, you're not going to hear a lot of people in the, uh, the legacy media talking about this. And you probably won't hear a lot of pollsters talking about it either. But what I've watched since the summer is we started saying to people, and we don't have a dog in, in, in the fight. We're not uh, um, publicly supporting anybody. And we were using our surveys. We're part of the initial surveys to determine who is on stage for the RNC debates. We've, we've stayed out of it. However, I, I don't think there's been a primary for quite some time on the Republican side. So we now have, you know, so many people, nearly 70 percent of people, I think, is what it's going to ultimately end up being when we get through the primaries supporting Donald Trump. But we're anywhere from the, the low 60s to mid 60s for most surveys right now in the Republican primary of support for Donald Trump. But when we ask people, do you think this race is effectively over? It's about 79 percent, 78, 79 percent say that. Um, in the Republican primary, that this thing's over, that uh, that Donald Trump is effectively the nominee. Then you look at the Democrat side. The thing that I don't think people realize is that there is now, even though there's really only one true candidate, there is now a primary in the the Democrat uh, primary. So we asked the question. We did a hypothetical, but we asked people, "Do you think that?" Uh, do you want him, Joe Biden, to definitely run? And only 35% said that they want him to definitely run, whereas 36% said that they would like to see somebody else running. So he has a real problem. Then when we posed the question, Joe Biden or other people, we found that he only got into the 30s for Joe Biden. And we had uh, Gavin Newsom, I think, was at 17 percent was the closest. But uh, one one interesting thing, Kamala Harris got uh, just under one percent of people said <laughs> her to be the nominee. So it's that matches really a primary best from 2016. Exactly. <laughs> so if the Democrats don't allow for a primary, there's already an attitude, like a desire for a primary on the, the Democrat side. And if they don't allow that, they don't let that democratic process happen. I, I think it's just going to continue to further erode his support in the general election. But we've had the situation where the Republican primary, where everybody's been focused, has flipped. It's no longer a primary. And then the Democrat side, even though there isn't a primary, Democrat voters want a primary. They want somebody different. And I ultimately think that the Democrats are the Democrat primary voters are ultimately going to be the ones who determine that this guy will likely not be president. Yeah. Yeah. Forward. Dustin, and I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, predict that we've got uh, another 11 months and a few weeks of Joe Biden gaffes and falls and, uh, you know, events and responses. So I don't think these numbers are going to get much better. Dustin, we're just about out of time here. Follow Dustin on x.com at Dustin Olson. Check out the Political Trade Secrets podcast and check out pollingclub.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Dustin, here on State of the Nation on TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. CNBC co-anchor Andrew Ross Sorkin is, well, very annoying. In the most annoying way, as a matter of fact. And here he is being super annoying, going after House Speaker Mike Johnson on the issue of his faith. I think it was the first day that uh, you had been uh, sworn in. It appeared uh, that you had were praying uh, on the floor uh, of Congress with a number of other uh, congressmen. And there is a question about the separation of 
of church and state. One thing to, to pray outside and to, and to have your faith, and, and, and there's a great importance in that, but how do you think about that, and how do you think about the public perception of that? See, annoying, but Johnson schooled him. When the founders set this system up, they wanted a vibrant expression of faith in the public square because they believed that uh, a general moral consensus and virtue was necessary to maintain this grand experiment in self-governance that we created, a government of, by, and for the people. We don't have a king in charge, we don't have a middleman, so we've got to keep morality amongst us so that we have accountability. And so they, they wanted faith to be a big part of that. The, the separation of church and state is a, is a misnomer, people misunderstand it. Of course, it comes from a phrase that was in a letter that Jefferson wrote, it's not in the Constitution. Proof once again that facts Trump annoying every time. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Tune in to my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT Radio Vision. What do I love about riding? It's the thrill. The excitement. Riding gives me a sense of freedom. I feel so connected to the road. Riding is like therapy to me. It makes me feel alive. Love riding? Back off. Issues that dominate America. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, we are back with State of the Nation, and uh, we're just pumped to have our next guest, the the trials and tribulations of Team Trump in hot Atlanta, Georgia, have really been heating up recently. Atlanta DA Fannie Willis has decided that she will no longer accept plea deals from either Trump, Rudy Giuliani, or Mark Meadows. Now, initially, we thought that Meadows might be singing like a bird, but maybe he's not. Maybe he's not singing like a bird. Maybe that's why all of a sudden these plea deals are off the table. Plus, get this, Jim Jordan has now called for a House investigation into D.A. Willis. Wonder why that is. All of this with the backdrop of recently revealed duplicate ballots, huge ballot harvesting operations, and the state's own Secretary of State, the state of Georgia's own Secretary of State, Raffsenberger, apparently tried to bury and suppress a lot of this damning evidence of voter fraud on a much larger scale than we had heretofore been told. It seems the cover-up was in, and is uh, the question is, is this a smoking gun case of official election interference? Because it certainly does look like it. Uh, here to break it all down, TNT colleague and TNT radio host, Joe Hoff. Joe, welcome to State of the Nation. Thanks so much for joining us. We were talking about your your piece yesterday about this Georgia election debacle and 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 the continuing kind of the fallout from it uh what's the latest with fanny and her friends fanny and friends i, I don't think i've been asked that before guys right. hey it's great to be here great to see you both too i'm, I'm uh, you look really good by the way really good. Handsome <laughs> great so, to have you joe so thanks yeah thanks for having me um yeah lots going on i i, I um found out a couple of weeks ago this guy called me out of the blue through another connection he started telling me his name's joe rossi he's an engineer he's actually a professor in georgia southern georgia and he uh he said uh, he started telling me this amazing story i wrote down like seven pages of notes i couldn't believe when i was here i heard of his name before i thought he was doing good work but i hadn't really really jumped into it or focused on it over the last three years. And you guys know, I'll just spray this out to your to your audience. I've written three books on the steel, uh, volume one, two, and three. And and the second one about the impossible occurs. And, and I don't know if I, I have, I've shied away from Georgia because Jim and I are under 
uh, we're, we're in a court case with Ruby and Shay, the mother-daughter team that was there on election night. They're suing me, my twin brother, and Gateway Pundit for writing about the story of the fact that they were actually out there, um, you know, on video uh, shoving ballots through tabulators multiple times. We were the ones that found that, saw that, and reported on that after Rudy had come out with it in one of his great, really, uh, meetings in front of the Georgia Senate. So um, anyways, then here Rossi comes along last a couple of weeks ago. He, I, I contacted him before Thanksgiving. He sent me some, some, then, then some real information. And so we, it was too much. It's, it's like a, at least a chapter in a book. Joe wants to write a whole book on this. Uh, but uh, what happened is uh, I'm trying to, it's in a, in a nutshell, what this is about, this isn't even about the 2020 election itself. This is about the, what's called a risk limiting audit that's performed after the election. And these are garbage. They're total crap. They're, they're not, they're not anything like an audit. And I say that from a professional who's spent years doing audits around the world, two, 300 audits around the world was a, an executive over in Hong Kong overseeing audit. But this is, is recounting crap ballots. And that's what a, an RLA is, these risk limiting audits. Well, never believe anybody when these lefties tell you, well, we audited this, this is a lie. It's just another of the many lies that these people do. So um, what he said is he started looking into this risk limiting audit after the election. And it was basically a manual recount. And again, you know, recounting crap audits. So you're going to get the same crappy total because you're including crap audits. By the way, three people during that exercise in Georgia said in Fulton County said, hey, we had 140,000 ballots that are the same. They look like a carbon copy. They look like they're made by the machine. The dots are all filled in perfectly. These aren't, they're not legitimate. Three people, that's gone to court. It's went all the way to the Supreme Court of Georgia over like a two-year period. Last Christmas, the Supreme Court ruled, yes, you have the right to, to look at these. You, of course, have standing. If your government is committing crimes against you, you have standing. So that has been pushed down to the appellate court. It's supposed to go to the lower court and then to the uh, voter GA. You're supposed to be able to look at those. And it's stuck in the appellate court. A corrupt judge in Georgia has been sitting on that since last Christmas. So we're not going to get those 140,000 ballots, the actual ballots at this time, until that judge releases those. We need to put some pressure on him. That's uh, the, basically related to this, uh, this whole story that Joe Rossi brought up. So Joe looks at these numbers online, and he sees out of Fulton County alone, there's supposed to be like uh, support for 500,000 ballots. There's only support for 250,000 ballots. So he starts writing uh, the Secretary of State's office, Rat Rattensperger, and this guy by the name of Sterling, and uh, telling him, hey, this, this uh, finally after 20 or so emails, and I think he began sending certified letters because these guys weren't, weren't responding. And by the way, Joe's a professor. So um, they finally responded. He said, hey, uh, they're saying everything's fine. He says, no, you know, basically they're lying. He says, no, they're not. You've only got data out there for 200, you know, about half of uh, half a million dollars. So, so Sterling looks at this stuff. Apparently he never did. Comes back and says, you're right. We'll fix it. Somehow they came up with the data, put it out there online. We don't know really where that came from or if it was legit or whatever. Threw this data up and then Joe started looking to, through it. Again, this is just data from a risk limiting audit after the actual supposed, you know, legitimate uh, election. So 
as, as Joe went through it, he found 34 issues. He found 4,000 or so ballots towards Biden just in this 140,000. And he starts writing about he Nobody would listen then. He finally got a hold of the, uh, Governor Kemp's office and through uh, was was I think it was. A, I don't know if Kemp's office really wanted to jump into this, but they knew that this guy was pretty, pretty sincere about what he was looking at. They looked at it. They agreed with him. They spent eight, eight weeks looking at Joe's material, said, you're absolutely right. And he told me these guys working for the for the uh, governor were pissed because it's like this is Raffensperger's job, the corrupt secretary of state in Georgia, who's been he, he even wrote a book about integrity after the election. Remember that Mr. Integrity? It's just unbelievable. Talk about gaslighting. And so um, <laughs> eventually, isn't it? So eventually, uh, the uh, after after Kemp looked at it, that that caused these guys to look at it. They eventually did the Secretary of State's office, and then they started not just lying about it. They started, um, you know, the, the data was there. They were lying, and then they started trying to cover it up. And they worked with the uh, with the uh, Georgia. It's called the Elections Board, the State Elections Board, the SEB. And it just so happened the guy that was running that used to work for Raffensperger. <laughs> this guy by the name of Mashburn. And they've been trying to cover it up ever since. Unfortunately, they found another series of issues. There's 17,000 voter images that are missing. So for each ballot, when you scan it through a machine, there's basically a copy that's kept. And those 17,000 ballots copies are missing. So the, And again, this isn't even in the election. This is just the recount, right? The risk-limiting audit that they said proved everything was right. So there's another investigation going on with that. The first investigation on these 4,000 audits, they basically got a hand slap from the attorney general's office. The second investigation on the 17,000 is supposed to come out, results in December. And then there's a third investigation that nobody knows about, and it's it's on the Secretary of State's office from this, um, this uh, elections board. So three investigations started by this guy, Joe Rossi, who just would doggedly went after this and wouldn't take no for an answer. And uh, so we put it up in these three series of uh, ports at both JoeHoff.com and at Gateway Pundit. Big story. Bannon had me on uh, Monday about it. And uh, it's shocking, too. No, it's really shocking, Joe. I mean, when I look at the way you just outlined that, it kind of falls in line with some of the other tactics I've seen from this cabal of uh, you know, county recorders, uh, secretaries of states, activist DAs, activist judges, activist lawyers, uh, activist city counts. It's like there's this whole cabal in all of these swing states in the major counties, and they do the same sort of lawfare and counter lawfare and make it very difficult for mm -hmm. our poll watchers and politicians to. Um, get injunctions in real time, which is really what we need. Yeah. We need these injunctions to happen yeah. in real time. Yeah. And we need to I'm not have activists in this loop that are, are firewalling it. So, I mean, it seems to me like their tactic is ignore, lie, gaslight, cover up, deny, and then counter lawfare. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's really the case in Georgia. And I, and I tell you, you know, I just found out from somebody in Riverside, California that I know, They've got some big news coming out of there about the Dominion machine still from 2020. Data that the that this that the county is providing has been doctored, and that's a felony. And so, oh so there's big news popping everywhere. I'm really happy about this because we need to stay on this. This is this is really important. If we can't have a free and fair election, we're done. And and it's you know, really scary because the results of a stolen election are you know are horrendous. 
it almost seems, Joe, as if we're getting so much information about this that it, it's almost too much to absorb. And maybe that's even part of the plan. In other words, there's so much info that people are overwhelmed by it. And they just kind of say, ah, oh, to hell with it. I don't believe any of it. Now, yeah. the thing is, is Kemp, of course, uh, Governor Kemp is a is a Republican. And by and by the way, he's a much loved Republican governor in Georgia. I know this because I'm a Georgia boy. I live in New Jersey, but my family's in Georgia and they all love Kemp. They all kind of they took it. They they got offended when Trump went after Kemp. And it seems that mm. Kemp and his team, including uh, A.G. Chris Carr, uh, not to mention, of, of course, you know, the secretary of state Raffensperger, yeah. they, they, they had kind of a hard on of hate working on Trump anyway. So they just kind of ignored sure. this stuff. It seems like, well, they, well, it's, it's worse than that. It's really, really bad. It, it's really, really bad. And I'm going to tell you guys, there's a bomb coming out in the near future. I don't know when it's going to come out. There's some information that's going to blow Georgia up the 2020 election. This is breaking news, boys. Uh, breaking news this stuff is going to blow up it's going to blow up in raffensperger's face and i don't mean physically like a bomb i mean a truth bomb and when that information is released it's going to show that these people are as corrupt as the day is long they've been lying and the gaslighting of writing a book about integrity from probably one of the most crooked politicians in america is is just unbelievable and think about this this is the same county fulton county this data for Fannie Willis is suing or going after charging President Trump with criminal crime because he said this election was stolen. And what are they going to do when the truth proves that it was beyond stolen? It's been stolen, lied about, and covered up. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? I'm telling you, that's what's in our in our wake. American people are going to see this. They're going to be blown away by what's 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 under the covers here that Raffensperger, this Mr. Integrity of another Republican has been covering up for years now. Think about it, it's been three years. We still got this joke uh, judge in the appellate court holding on to this other uh, these the the possibility of reviewing just 140,000 ballots. They, why, why is that? This is important to Trump's case. You know, so it continues but it's going to blow up on them. That's my guess. That's my bet. And, and it'll be a, a wonderful day when it does, because these people yeah, are yeah. monsters. They, they shouldn't be anywhere near our government. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, uh, it's, it. it's exculpatory evidence and it's just coming more and more and more. Uh, same with J six. A lot of these new videos that are out full on exculpatory yeah. evidence. Um, what voter GA is doing uh, very important. What you're doing, very important. You've got three books on the topic that people can get at Amazon. Just look up Joe Hoft. And, uh, of course, uh, the Joe Hoff Show right here on today's News Talk. Uh, Joe, your final thoughts in our last right. 30 seconds here. Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me more than anything. And congratulations on the show and how well it's doing. And, and also just want to want to say uh, join me tomorrow. I've got Harry Hari joining me. This guy's an expert on HAVA, which is an act that uh, instituted basically these machines uh, after the Gore-Bush uh, um, election of 2000. He's got wealth of knowledge. I'm anxious to just hear from myself from this guy. So we're having him on tomorrow morning uh, around 1020 here. At yeah, well, we'll make, we'll, make sure, we'll make sure to listen to that. And Joe, I just want to say, you mentioned Raffensperger's the integrity. It's very Comey-esque of him, isn't it? To, to all of a sudden play the hero. Very funny, man. I mean, yeah. it's just 
I can't wait for the bombshell and make us a promise real quick if you could, Joe. Promise us that you'll come back on the show and dive into this a little bit once it breaks because we want to know all about it. We're waiting with bated breath. Joe Hoff, God bless. Thanks for joining us on State of the Nation. We'll be back with Hour 2 of State of the Nation on TNT Radio right after this.